We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to the Ish List, where we make lists about everything. Everything! Everything! Congratulations, bitches! You just made the list! It is another episode of the Ish List. We're back, bitches, and this time uh, we are going to be discussing something way more fun, I think. Uh, last episode we did the, uh, I had uh, Rob Lane on, and we did the top 10 horror slasher films. So kind of keeping with the theme a little bit, I uh, I roped in a family member, and... Uh, she uh, will introduce herself, and uh, we're going to discuss the top 10 TV villains. So, uh, please, feel free to introduce yourself. <laughs> uh, my name's Jennifer. Um, I'm Chris's cousin. I live down in Alabama, and I haven't seen him in a long time. I yeah. I saw you only one time or twice when we was babies. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be moving down south eventually. I'm... The older I get, the more I hate Michigan weather and, you know. We didn't get a chance to see each other when you lived down here earlier. Um, yeah, that was... I was just going to skip and miss. Yeah. Um, we'll change that, though, because, uh, like I said, uh, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida are all, like, really high on my list. We even missed each other when I went up uh, north to visit your mama. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do the top 10 TV villains. Um, I have a few honorable mentions, so I'll throw mine out first. My honorable mentions, uh, this is five people that, uh, should be considered, but just missed on my list. Uh, so the first one is the character Gus Fring, uh, from Breaking Bad. Um, uh, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Because uh, I think everyone hated uh, Joffrey. Um, the character Air, Al Swearigan uh, from Deadwood, uh, played by Ian McShane, uh, done so very well. Um, and then Niggin and, or Negan, however you say his name, and the governor uh, from Walking Dead. So uh, those did not make my top 10. So uh, with that said, I will let you start. Uh, with I've only got one honorable mention, and that's Londo Malari from Babylon 5. Okay. Um, uh, I just thought that he was he was so sketchy with everything that he did, and because he's an alien from another culture, he had a total different set of morality. And even though he's really not the main bad guy in the, the show, you know, the shadow people, um, I did find that he did a lot of really bad stuff. Like, you know, trying to set up the other aliens and stuff for taking the fall for killing a planet, all that stuff. So right. That's who I play. Plus, it's a long time ago show that I didn't think anybody would really remember him. You'd be surprised. Like, a good villain is is very memorable. I've got, uh, I've got two on my list that are older shows that I think people probably wouldn't necessarily think about by today's standards. Uh, but when I say the name, they're definitely going to be like, Oh yeah, that was a great, great villain. Uh, including one I consider to be one of the best TV villains of all time. Um, so for your number 10, let's start with that. Who do you got at number 10? Okay, yep, yep. Um, definitely a, a great portrayal of uh, that for the series. I think, I think he was probably in a, in a tough possession. I mean, Anthony Hopkins having to follow him uh, to play that character was probably pretty, pretty nerve-wracking um, for him, you know. He's a guy that walks around in a suit. 
you know, um, so he can, he manipulates people. Right. And I think that was the greatest trait, was just manipulating the crap out of people. Right. Um, and then, because he's so intelligent, you're like, wow, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you got to be reminded, this man eats people. Yeah. <laughs> and I think... And then I of cannibalism itself was more frightening than really him. Right. Because it's the one thing that people just, people love serial killers, but they don't like a serial killer that eats people. Right. <laughs> and I think with a lot of TV villains, huh? I, th- I think with a lot of TV villains, that's the thing is you're not supposed to like them, but some of them, yeah. you, you kind of do end up liking them because they're either, um, I know there's at least three on my list that, you're not supposed to like, but they're so arrogant. They're so cocky. and. I find what's really bad is when you're rooting for the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, number 10 on my list um, is a guy who is just a nasty character and has played so well. Uh, it's the character Jip Rossetti uh, from uh, Boardwalk Empire and is played by uh, Bobby Cannavale. And um, uh, another TV show I've not seen. Oh man, I'm it's sure there's a lot of bad guys I could have put on my list, but I just yeah. He, uh, Bobby plays the character so well, and there's some scenes that are just so over the top that you know, like he's this he's this sociopath who has an obsession with autoerotia, and he there's one scene where basically. <laughs> He, they, they break in and they try to interrupt him during it. So he gets pissed off and he kills like a whole room full of people. And the scene ends with him walking naked through the room with the rope still hanging around his neck and all of these dead bodies laying around him. You know, so I mean, he plays this. Well, this. Yeah, it's it's a show you will definitely like. And it has Steve Buscemi in it. Um, Steve Buscemi is the main character. In Bobby's character, Jip basically spends a whole series trying to take down Steve's character. Uh, they're the two main ones in it. So, um, very well done series and uh, definitely one worth watching. So, uh, Jip Rizzetti is my, <laughs> my number 10. Um, and number 9 for you. Okay. By David, he played by David Morris. Yes. Um, when he first, I mean, the first first villain I loved was, you know, the guy who was like the the sheriff, kind of turned bad. Okay. <laughs> but when the governor came out, I was just hooked on every show after that. And before the governor came in, I was kind of like, all right, this is getting monotonous. I'm getting tired of seeing the same crap over and over again. I mean, how many zombies can you freaking kill? It's getting ridiculous now. It's just gratuitous violence, although gratuitous violence can sometimes rock. I was just like, you know, they got to do something and change it up. And then when the governor came in, you're like, all right, this is the fucking shit. I can watch this now. Right. <laughs> That's... So, I mean, I, I like it. Yeah. That's the downside of zombie stuff is... It gets monotonous. Like, there's only so many ways you can kill zombies before it's just like, okay, you know, headshot, heart I'm not shot. I'm watching The Walking Dead anymore. My dad keeps telling me I need to go back to it. Yeah, I gave um, up on it after season three. And then my dad's like a really big fan of Fear of the Walking Dead. He says Fear of the Walking mm. Dead is freaking awesome. And I've watched a couple episodes with him, and I'm just like, nope, I'm not into it. I don't care if you're putting on the skins of zombie characters and pretending to be zombie characters. I, I it just can't. It's not doing nothing for me anymore. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing was when they killed. Even though they had a lot of main characters that they killed. Okay, I kept. I was a person who was the Daryl person. I wore the shirt that said, "If they kill Daryl, rewrite." Okay? Right. But when they killed off that main guy, Rick. Mm-hmm. I think I quit watching it. I was just like, okay, it's not worth watching no more. And I think that's the problem, too, with what was really awesome about the Walking Dead show 
when it started is they were killing off main characters and everybody was like, oh my god, who are they going to kill next? They better not kill this person. They better not kill this person. I'm a fan of this person. Oh my god, they better not do this. And then when they actually killed the person that most people weren't rooting for, the show crumbled. Yeah. I I never really got into it a whole lot. I watched like, I think, two and a half seasons. I watched right up until they got to the prison. Whatever that was. That's what, the beginning of season three, I think, or something like that, where yeah. they get to the prison? Uh, I think that got to like season four, and I was just like, yeah. Really um, number nine on my list, I don't know if it's a show you've seen, um, but it was hugely popular in the 90s. Um, it's a show called The Wire, and um, it's the character Marlo Stanfield, and is played by Jamie Hector. And uh, Marlo, The Wire basically was essentially about, was essentially drug dealing in Baltimore, was essentially what it was. But it had a lot of very famous actors in it, uh, over as guest stars and whatnot. And um, very violent show, but it had a good, had, had really good character development. And Marlo was one of those characters that... Um, they kind of let on right from the very beginning that he was very evil and he would do whatever it takes to get ahead. Uh, one of the opening scenes with Marlo is, is a security guard, uh, catches him stealing gum and he's only like 16 at the time. And he's like, you know, we can't let that slide, blah, blah, blah. And then Marlo goes back and kills everyone in the store over the disrespect, you know? So, I mean... <laughs> You learn like very early that Marlo is this street corner drug dealer who is hell bent on moving up, and he ends up being this really nasty character. So, um, yeah. If you've never seen The Wire, that's another one. It's it's a really good show. I think it's got like six, seven, six or seven seasons of it. And, I already wrote it down. Yeah. Um, it's uh, and. and one of the, has Omar in it. Yeah, Omar is another one, is another one of those characters. I didn't really put him on here, but he's another one of those characters. He's supposed to be the bad guy, but you end up rooting for Omar because they turn Omar almost into this boogeyman. Like Omar is this gay drug dealer who goes around robbing other drug dealers. He's a black dude. He, he's he's played by um, I can't even remember his name. He just died recently. He's a black dude who had the scar down the middle of his face. Um, but anyways, he he's they turn him into such a boogeyman basically that they actually have almost like a Freddy type of song for him. It's like here comes Omar, better run. <laughs> And then you see Omar, he just walks down the street western style. He's got the long trench coat. He's got the shotgun by his side, you know, and he walks up, he cocks the shotgun, and he's like, y'all can come up voluntarily or I'll blow this, you know, and he just, he gives them a chance to, like, give the money up. And there's one scene where they actually just take the money and drop it out the window at his feet, and he just takes the money and walks away, you know, so... Um, it's a great character, but yeah, Marlo Sandfield. So, um, number eight. Uh, I've got Tony Soprano from the Sopranos, James Galfini. Yeah. The only reason I really put him on the list because he's, he's again, one of those guys that you don't really consider him a bad guy. Yeah. Not ever really doing the bad stuff. He's making other people do the bad stuff. Because he's like the manipulator, the godfather, you know. Right. Um, but he was one of the first characters that I really got into a TV show where I sat down and was really wanting to see the next episode. And yeah. this was before we had binging on TV. Right. Know? So I would literally record it on DVR and stuff just so I could watch two or three episodes in a row because I was so addicted to it. Yeah. And then, you know, he's again, oh, well, I don't know. He's not the good-looking, got-the-abs type of guy that you're attracted to, like a Damon, Damon Salvatore with, you know, blue eyes and what on all this stuff. It, he's he's the big, chunky dad bod guy. Right. And he doesn't have a beard, <laughs> so you're like, what am I attracted to? But for some reason, 
you were attracted to the man, <laughs> and yet you knew he treated his wife like shit. He had a damn girlfriend where he was cheating on his wife. Multiple. And you're like, why would I be attracted to this type of guy? And mostly his character wasn't really villainous. It was just shady as fuck. Yeah. It was like he was doing all these bad things, and you were just like, what else can this man do that is unethical? Right. You know? It was a power. And yeah, and every, maybe that's what it was so attractive about was the fact that he had so much power. Yeah. Uh, and it, it just seemed like, you know, every episode you were like, I can't wait to see what this man does next. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. So that's why I put him on my list. All right. Uh, number eight for me. Uh, going to the Star Trek Next Generation, uh, obviously multiple bad guys on there. Um, but the one that always stood out f- to me uh, was Lore. Um, obviously being the counterpart to Data. data um, Brent Spiner did such a great job of playing both characters. And I think more than a Borg and more than a few of the other bad guys I had. Lore was really the one that was the most unpredictable and you weren't really sure how it was gonna um that. So I have Lore uh from Star Trek Next Generation at uh, number eight. So yeah. <laughs> well my number seven is another Star Trek guy. Okay. <laughs> um I think there's just no way not to mention this guy, even though, again, he wound up not being really villainous, but he was, again, a manipulator, and that is Q. Yep. Um, um, played by John Delancey, and he was, he's just, again, he was one of these guys you're, you're attracted to, but you're not supposed to be attracted to him. You found yourself laughing at everything he said. Yeah. Um, and... It just became to the point where you knew that the man could do anything, yet he just wanted to entertain people, entertain himself like a cat smacking at a mouse back and forth. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to eat you, but I'm going to play with you for a long dang time until yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> and he was the same way on, um, oh, he was on Days of Our Lives, right? I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, one of the soap, one of the soap operas, uh, slightly before that, and he played the same kind of character. He was this very kind of manipulative um, character in that. Um, so yeah, Q was the other one. I, I kind of went back and forth between Q and Lore. Um, well, I mean, really, your Lore is actually more evil, right? Um, because I mean, hell. He entraps the Borg and manipulates the Borg, which is, of course, another all-time villainous thing. Right. What made the Borg so villainous is because they were so impersonal. There yeah. wasn't really a queen Borg until we saw the movies. It was just everybody working together. Yeah. And because you don't actually have something like, I'm going to face my, my accuser type of thing, you didn't know really what to make of them. And there was really no escaping them. You know, resistance yeah. is futile. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Lore was probably one of the best. Um, I even contemplated putting the Jemadar on my list from Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Yeah, for and sure. They were just, they were like worse than the friggin' Klingons. <laughs> they were ugly as hell. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, number seven for me. I have Arvin Sloan uh, from Alias, uh, played by Ron Rifkin. Um, you know, Arvin kind of goes through some really ups and downs in the series. Like one minute you hate him, and then one minute you think maybe he's going to be redeemed, and then they throw another curveball. But um, yeah, which guy was Arvin Sloan? Because I contemplated putting um, her dad on my list. Arvin was the one that was the boss of SI6. He was the one that was going after the Rimbaldi stuff. He was the one that was oh. obsessed with Rimbaldi. Um, well, I'm glad that you got you have Alias on your list because I contemplated putting them on my list. Yeah, I uh, Arvin kind of always stands out because you know he it was a very complex character, and he was 
he was pretty cold hearted. Like he didn't show a lot of emotion, you know, like even during the episodes with his daughter, he was just very nonchalant. Like, Oh, I love my daughter, but I'm not really going to show emotion about it. You know? Um, so yeah. Uh, our Arvin was, uh, Arvin is the one they bury in the cave at TN. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's been the so older long guy. Since I've seen that show. I mean, it's a good series. It was yeah. so good. I have it on DVD. I have yeah. the series on DVD. So, um, back when we bought DVDs, too. Yeah. I haven't bought a DVD in forever. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I I loved that show. It was yeah. pretty dang good. Yeah, it is a great show. Number six. Um, I have Klaus Michelson from the original. Yeah. I mean, and he's played by Joseph Morgan, but I mean, who doesn't love uh, yeah. a vampire and wolf hybrid? And his blood, or his bite kills vampires, and the only way to heal them is through his blood. I mean, who doesn't love that shit? Yeah. And then he's like the ultimate supreme predator in the whole friggin' world in the food chain. You know, so he's arrogant as hell. Right. And the more arrogant he was, the more you loved him. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I know his, the, I know that he actually started on the Vampire Probably Diaries. Probably Diaries, right. And the Vampire Diaries is a teen chick flick. Um, <laughs> so it's not really considered your, you know, a regular TV show. Yeah. Um, but I happen to watch a lot of teen chick flicks. Um, so I'm like this 14 year old girl trapped in a 40 something year old body. Um, (laughs) oddly enough, I've seen vampire diaries. I've never seen the original. So, uh, Oh, if you, Oh my gosh. The originals is better. I think than the vampire diaries. Oh, well, I'll have to go back and watch it again. They they went and did the legacies. So, I mean, that's the other thing. He was such a great character that he showed up in, in vampire diaries as the ultimate person. Then he gets his own spinoff show for the originals. And then everything that he did in the originals started another spinoff show called The Legacy. Now, (laughs) you've got to be a pretty great character to have three different shows. Right. You know, um, but I I don't like The Legacies. And so if we're talking little teen chick flicks, uh, I've only watched several episodes. Well, surprisingly, I've watched almost all the way up to season three. And I think they're on like season four. But... um, I don't really care that much for the legacies as I did for because the, the Vampire Diaries there was a love interest it was a, a triangle mm. and in the originals it was the triangle of which dang original did you hate the most and I mean then with Klaus Michelson not only that but he would literally just to control his brothers and sisters stab them with a stake and put them into sleeping and hibernation in a coffin Right. Until he was ready to bring them back out. I mean, so the man had no conumption about doing anything. Right. He literally, in the originals, walks into New Orleans, which is ruled by a vampire that he made. Okay. And walks in and just bites one randomly and says, I'm taking the city back. Yeah. And there's like hundreds of vampires in there that would probably fight him, but they won't touch him because they're scared they'd get bit. Right. So if the vampires are afraid of you, you must be a really big badass. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Number and six then, course, for me. I loved him because he's hot. Nice. Number six for me. Um, I had to go with this one because it was such a complex character. And because I'm absolutely a huge fan of who played him and I think this character if played by anybody else isn't nearly as good of a character Um, so I went with Arthur Mitchell uh, the Trinity Killer uh, from Dexter which is played by John Lithgow Um, yeah I thought about that too I love John Lisko. I mean, everything he does is just so well done. Look, if you and, like Arthur Lisko, you need to watch Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, well, I, I, I have. I've seen it all. That's what I'm saying. It's why I said it's John Lisko is such a great actor, whether he's playing a serial killer or he's playing an alien or he's playing a... Drama. 
just whatever. He does it so well. Um, Very well-rounded. Yeah, so um, definitely I had to go with that for number six because um, I know it was a shorter storyline arc, um, but definitely one that stood out among of all of the ones that have been on Dexter. He definitely is the one that stands out the most to me. So, um, yeah. So number, number five. Are we on? Number five. Number five. Uh, <laughs> this one's going to also be a very complicated, very complicated character. Um, and again, also another one that I think if it would have been played by anybody else, it wouldn't have worked. And he was so good that the minute they took him off the show, the show went downhill. Uh, Francis Underwood, House of Cards by Kevin Spacey. Okay. I mean, the opening show, the opening of the show, has him breaking a dog's neck. And so you're immediately like, he's an animal abuser. But at the same time, again, he's like that anti-hero because the dog got hit by a car. And so he breaks the dog's neck, and then he looks up at the, the screen like he's talking to you, breaking the, you know, the, what is it, the barrier of talking to... Um, the fourth wall. The audience. Yes. And he says, I've never liked unnecessary suffering. Hmm? <laughs> In other words, okay. and then because of the comment, unnecessary suffering, you know that he has, he, he understands that some suffering is necessary. Right. <laughs> so you immediately think, oh, this man's evil. <laughs> and he's capable of anything. And I mean, he literally connives, kills and manipulates his way to becoming president. Nice. And I think that's another reason why I put him on my list is because right now in the day of age of, you know, fuck Joe Biden right. and not loving your government and how they're behaving, he's the ultimate real-life villain because he manipulated his way and killed his way all the way to becoming the president. And it shows you how... how corrupt the government to be. Right, right, so, right. So, he's not really your serial killer, violent type of villain, but he's definitely a villain. Right. That's another series. I haven't watched it yet, but it is on my... Oh, if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. It, it, it is on my uh, saved list of stuff to watch. Um... Once I get through all of the other series, because I've got like six different series that I'm kind of in different stages of watching and some rewatching. And um, so, yeah, number five for me um, was a show. It was an HBO show, uh, one of the one of HBO's original series. And um, he's done so many other things since then. You see him all the time and. Uh, commercials now and uh, other famous movies uh, from the series Oz um, is J.K. Simmons playing the character of Vern Schillinger. Um, Schillinger Schillinger was a it was a character that you just you kind of had to hate because um, he was just an irredeemable piece of crap. So <laughs> now Oz is that the one about the people in prison? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the I one. That's the one that time. basically is Law and Order light. Uh, it has almost the entire cast of Law and Order at some point in there. Like yeah, Christopher Maloney's in there, and you know, I mean, there's. I think uh, Dick Wolf had a hand in writing a lot of it, uh, or you know, had a hand in it at some various points. And um, I think over the six or seven seasons of Oz, I think there's like. 27 people in the series that eventually went on to play roles in various Law & Order things. But you know, it's really hard to say who hasn't been in Law & Order. Well, well right, but I mean, so Oz Law came before Law & Order, so um, okay. that was a thing, so it was kind of like, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm surprised about? I'm surprised I have not put anybody from Law & Order on this list. Yeah. Because I have watched every Law & Order episode, every <laughs> SVU, everything, and I even have those on DVD, and 
I don't have a single person on my list. Well, that's because sort of two or three, there really haven't been any long-term villains on Law and Order. Right. That's There's the only, part. you know, like most villains are just one episode other than, you know, the two or three that have been. Because I had thought about them and I thought, you know what, I want to have somebody who hasn't showed up. Yeah. But they only showed up once or twice, yeah. and they made such an impression that they were friggin' awesome. And the only one I could really think of, which isn't a Law and Order series, it was the Dracula miniseries that was done by the guys who did um, uh, Doctor Who. Okay. Dracula himself, it was like Dracula had never been played like this before, and I thought, I'm going to put him as my number one. And then, you know, I didn't even put him on my list, because, like I said, this <laughs> list was so hard for me to make. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I must have scratched it like four or five times, and you kept asking me, are you ready yet? And I'm like, oh, hell, I haven't even figured this list out yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to get it on a day that I knew you weren't, like feeling all sick and everything from everything that, you know, you have to go through. So, um, it's very hard. And, you know, I had planned all day long yesterday to, uh, hook up with you. And then we wound up going and buying that dog. Oh, that dog, that little puppy, she's got worms and she don't feel good. And she's throwing up and everything. And I'm just like, Oh, and then my dad's like, I hope she don't got parvo. And I'm like, oh, my God, don't tell me that. I just spent $200 on a dog that might die on me. <laughs> right. Um, and then he kept me up barking and everything and whining, and I was just like, I'm too tired. Right. Um, so my number five is 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 Vern Schillinger, played by J.K. Simmons, who ironically also went on to be in many episodes on Law & Order as uh, Skoda. So, <laughs> oh yeah, that was a good one. Um, so yeah, number four. Who do you have at number four? <laughs> number four is the ultimate bad boy, Thomas Shelby from Peaky Blinders, played by Cillian Murphy. That is another guy who is a great actor that is underrated, and I don't know what it is because it's just like he'll do anything to save his family. Right. Even fight the Italian mafia, you know. Um, so, yeah, and, and I thought about putting the guy who plays the Italian mafia guy on it, too. But, um, yeah. Because he played in that, what, um, oh, the pianist. He played in something like that. I can't remember. But anyway, I put Thomas Shelby as my blinders. And that's just another one, you know, when it was playing, I think I put a Facebook post on there that said, I'd never rooted so hard for a bad guy before. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, Thomas Shelby was definitely going on my list somewhere. Nice. Number four for me um, is Clay Murrow, Sons of Anarchy, uh, played by Ron Perlman. Um, you know, Clay kind of starts out as, he is the bad guy, but not like the main bad guy. And as the story progresses, Clay just becomes more and more and more and more and more of a really evil prick. So, <laughs> you know, he yeah, played the I character so well. I contemplated putting a Sons of Anarchy one on mine, too, and it was going to be Gemma. Simply because yeah. I thought there aren't any female villains out there. But... um there's several um, female villains, just ones I didn't really care for. <laughs> yeah, the the main one that came to mind for me, and she, she almost made my honorable. I can never remember her name, but uh, from Battlestar Galactica. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Well, I think it was like six or something like that. Yeah, or, six. Or number six, something like that. Um, well, I also thought about putting the girl from the V series way back. Yes. In the day. Now you that's know, going old school. We see her break her jaw and she shows yeah. a gerbil Diana. Like, oh yep. my god! Yep. So I thought about her too, but she her name wasn't was. on long enough for me to even mention her. Yeah, they only only oh. had two seasons of V. Uh, her her name was Diana, by the way, uh, <laughs> Queen Diana. <laughs> yes, to, I love that series. And yeah. what's so sad is they remade the series and then it got canceled. Yeah, and I think what it was is there just weren't enough people who knew about the old series. Yeah, I. I think it was, I think a lot of it was, it was too far ahead of its time. Um, I think if they maybe redid it now, 
on like sci-fi or something, I think it might catch on better. Um, well, I mean, hell, it's it's invasion of the body snatchers. It's <laughs> yeah. It's got it's got so many different things in it, but. You know, it's really hard to find a good sci-fi series nowadays. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of sci-fi. Right so. now, I'm watching Foundation. Uh, I think Foundation is really cool, and I liked um, uh, Raised by Wolves. Okay, that was really good. So, and who do you got at number I three? What I think it's over with is Westworld. Yeah, I I've never I don't know. There was something. About the description of that when I read it, I was just kind of like, yeah, oh, no. Oh, no, you watch it. It's way better than the description. Is it? Okay. Uh, where are we at? Number, number three. three. Who do you got no, at number three? What was your number four? Clay Merle. Who did you say? Clay Merle, that's right. Yeah, so. Uh, number three. Um, <laughs> this is going to be weird. My one, two, and three are serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Number one probably isn't considered a serial killer, but yeah. But yeah. this one is Joe Carroll from The Following. Okay. Um, he's not even really considered a serial killer because he was considered more like the um, don't drink the Kool-Aid guy. Um, but he's played by James Purefoy, and I love James Purefoy. He's one right. of those actors that I watch all the time in anything that he and any I got I literally go to IMBD to look up his movies and then go watch them if I haven't seen them. Nice. Um so I mean he's one of those guys I really like. Um but he was just so evil and conniving and then he convinced everybody to kill himself. I mean and you know that's the other thing is just like don't drink the Kool-Aid, people are fascinated with cults. Yeah. And they're fascinated with the men that are so charismatic that hundreds of people will commit suicide for them. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I just thought The Following was such an awesome show, and it's got Kevin Bacon in it, and it was before he did True Detective, and I literally thought about putting the yellow yellow guy serial killer on there on True Detective, so it was a toss-up. Okay. Um, but that was a show that I was really, really disappointed in when they, they, they dropped it. And didn't finish it. I was so pissed off and so mad. <laughs> nice. That happens to me a lot. I get into a good show. Yes. And they, they drop it and I'm just like, why the hell? Like, Penny Dreadful it. is one of my favorite shows of all time. Okay. Um, It's got Ava Green, the girl from 300 in it. Yep. I've I seen the first two seasons I, of it. Oh. And there were so many bad characters in there that were like, you know, evil people, Frankenstein, Dracula, uh, the, the, the shooter guy who's like the wolf, um, even the guy who's hunting the vampire. They all had their character flaws and they were all considered bad guys, but they were all heroes at the same time. Right. And so I'm just sitting there like, really, the only bad guy in the whole show would have been the Dracula guy. But... Um, <laughs> I contemplated putting them on my list too, but Penny Dreadful is another one of those shows. They canceled it at the end for ratings, right? And I could not understand why the ratings were not good because that show was just so friggin' awesome and it was non-stop paced action. And you know, like even like I'm watching Yellowstone and I'm sitting there going, "Okay, this has got a lot of action in it," but then every once in a while you get an episode that's just slow as nothing, like I'm Walking Dead, and you're just like. Nothing happened. I'm pissed off mad that this episode sucked. <laughs> On Penny Dreadful, I don't think there was a single episode that sucked. Nice. <laughs> and, you know, I could have put the girl from the Ava Green on here, too, because um, I think it's Vanessa Ives is her name. Because she's a clairvoyant, she's a medium, um, and she's, um, oh, I can't think of the other word. Clairvoyant and something else. But anyway... She gets possessed while she's in the nut house, and she just draws you in so much. And so I contemplated putting her on the list, too. but you know me, hots went out over everything, and James Purefoy was hotter than her. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So um, I put him on the list. <laughs> nice. Number three for me, I'm going old school with this one. Uh, this is one that. I think a lot of people wouldn't think of because it's been so long since this character was on TV. 
Uh, but when I say it, it's going to be that one that people are like, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the character J.R. Ewing uh, from Dallas. Um, if, you, if you've never seen Dallas back in the day, there were a lot of villains on that show. Um, but J.R. was one that he was the epitome of just manipulative and evil and underhanded. He didn't necessarily kill people per se, but he was, he was a villain in every way, man. Like, do what? He sure would fuck with you though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like he was a villain in every way. And one of the, one of the biggest cliffhangers in TV history is who shot Jr. You know, I mean, they, they (laughs) bam. And then they hung you out to dry for like, a year and a half because of some shit that went on. So it wasn't like, okay, season ends and then the next one kicks right in. There was extra time between it. So, I mean, you had like major newspapers that were like front page reporting who shot JR. Like it was like he was fucking Kennedy or something, you know? Um, and I, I still 30, 40, almost 40 years later. Now it's been, um, cause I think it was like 1983, 1984, was when they did the Who Shot JR thing. Um, you know, I mean, I still remember how much media that damn thing got, and it's just one of the biggest things ever. So, uh, JR Ewing, played by Larry Hagman, uh, from Dallas. You know, and you may remember, if you don't know who Larry Hagman is, you might remember him from I Live or I Dream of Genie, um, yeah. and a bunch of other stuff. So, uh, that's my number three. Wasn't he also on a soap opera? Probably. I, I I know Larry Hagman. I mean, he had a, a very very long career before he passed. So, yeah, um, very likely he could have been. <laughs> probably was. Um, yeah, that's a that's that's a pick for your mom and your dad. I'm, I'm sure they'll probably be like, oh yeah, when definitely. I was talking about this list, it, it came up on their end. Uh, another one that came up on their end from my dad was Ramses from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Where you let the dogs eat them and he yeah. really... Yeah, Ramses was cut definitely... Penis off and whatnot. And yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and I kind of went back and forth between Joffrey and Ramsey. Uh, Ramsey was pure evil, but Joffrey was just a dick. Like, Joffrey, you wanted what? to see get killed. Like, Joffrey was just yeah. an arrogant little... Well, you know, I Cersei's on there. Well, Cersei was... He killed killed a whole city, village, or whatever, because of being basically, you know, her feelings hurt. Well, right, because Cersei was, again, she was evil, uh, Ramses was evil. Joffrey was was just a dick. Like, Joffrey was the type of... Joffrey was the kid you went to school with that you wanted to punch in the face. I'm gonna marry you, but before we get to that, I'm gonna chop off your father's head. Yeah, you know, like, I don't know, there was just something about Joffrey, man, that was just like, this is really the, you know. He was the evil seed, is what he was. Yeah. He was the birth of brother and sister um, incest, and then he he just looked shitty, he looked evil, he's one of the characters that when you look at him, you're like, ooh, he looks like a creepy motherfucker. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he, he was kind of, I know this is probably a bad comparison, but he was kind of almost Game of Thrones, a version of, of Malfoy Dracoy from Harry Potter. Uh, you know? <laughs> I mean, he had that same kind of arrogance. So, <laughs> um, so number two. Who do you have at number two? My ultimate. He's almost made it to number one. Dexter Morgan from Dexter, Michael C. Hall. Again, he's a serial killer. Um, I've watched every stinking episode, some of them even more than once, because I think I introduced, yeah, I just, just, well, I've watched it probably about, the whole thing about probably four times, because I've introduced it to someone from my Facebook, and then we go to rave, and we watch it together. And so I have literally set through Dexter, four times um, with other people. Then the new Dexter comes out and I'm watching it and I've had to wait how many years for that to come out? (laughs) And um, then 
he's just as charismatic as he was in the first Dexter. Nice. And I don't know if first Dexter is going to be the best or this one's going to be the best because so far I'm hooked on the second series. Nice. Um, then, you know, they ended Dexter so shittily because, <laughs> you know, that you're almost like, oh, thank God they're bringing it back. Because it's just one of those shows that you were hooked on and they ended it so abruptly and left everything hanging that you were just like, oh, I'm so unsatisfied. Nice. And so now that they're bringing this second one back and thank God I have a fire stick because I would not be able to watch this thing. Um, <laughs> nice. So, yeah. And the thing about Dexter is he's a villain with morality. Because right. Because he's been taught by an adoptive parent took him in that you only kill the bad guy right and so he fights himself in his, in his evil um his what does he call it he calls it his um evil traveler um so yeah i mean he fights himself so much well then in the second one he's found out that his son has serial killer tendencies and it's like, oh my god, what am I going to do? I don't know how to be a dad. <laughs> nice. So now he's fighting parenthood, and it's friggin' hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, Dexter Morgan. My number two uh, is a series that I loved from the very beginning. I've gotten my son into it now. Um, he is another one of the bad guys that you end up rooting for. Uh, he's so cocky. He's so arrogant. But you, it's played with such dead-on accuracy. And I think glee on the part of the person playing it. Uh, it's James Spader playing uh, Raymond Reddington on Blacklist. Um, I think I think Spader just has a ball with this character. Like, you know, James Spader is another one of those guys that... He is charismatic when he was young, charismatic when he's old. Yeah. I don't, I don't see how you can't root for him. Well, that's what I'm saying. He plays the character, the way he plays Raymond Reddington. I know you're not supposed to like him, but he's like, like he's he's got this thing where he'll be talking and then somebody will like say something that's dead serious and then he'll just continue talking about what he talks about. Like he just completely ignored everything that they said and it was all about him you know and it's just you laugh at it almost it's just like jesus christ you know or the way he'll shoot somebody you know and then there's times where he's so fucking cold-hearted like he'll just walk in he's like i'm gonna give you three seconds you know no okay pop, 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 you know? and he just you know i mean he's the epitome of a sociopath and serial killer because i mean Lord knows he's killed, what, a hundred plus people? Ain't no telling, because he's even killed the guy and took over his identity. Yeah, because, I mean, what I, I think it was, what's her face, uh, you know, that the one female that, that he had, you know, she left, what, 77 bodies, I think it was, or something? And, yeah. you know, I mean, it, he's just, like I said, he's one of them characters that you're not supposed to like. Yeah, that's but it, Mister Kaplan. What I like is that the black guy that that's his his. Uh, yeah, Dembe. He's yeah, Dembe. He he is another guy that um, I think is a secondary type villain because we were talking about before. Like you like secondary villains more than you do the main character. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that's a secondary villain that was really good, but there's no way you can compare him to Reddington. Yeah, Reddington is, is way better. Yeah, so, yeah, my number two is Raymond Reddington, because uh, it's, you know, to me, he's one of the most outstanding bad guys, even even though, <laughs> technically, I guess you couldn't call him a bad guy, because he's, you know, the main focus of the he's show. He's actually helping the v FBI yeah. to put away bad guys, yeah. Like, it's the but bad guy going after... The, um, but there's always an ulterior motive to do something better for himself. Well, right, you that's know, what I'm saying. exactly the good guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's a bad guy going after even worse guys. Um, but it's always with an ulterior motive, you know, so. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know who could be worse than Remington. I, I got, 
one, and I think your dad will appreciate my number one. I don't know if he's ever seen the series or not, but um, I will let well, you go first. I'm torn. I'm torn on my number. I've got three of them, and I think they're almost all at even standing because I could not figure out who to put on. And the one show, one show, they um, it hasn't even been on for very long, and that show is Prodigal Son, Martin Whitley. Okay. He's a serial killer that's in jail, and he's trying to turn his son into a serial killer who comes and visits him. Visit right. Him the time. Um, I thought he was just as good of a character because there's so much character building as the guy in you. Okay. Um, because the you guy is kind of he starts out as a stalker, and then you wind up he killing people right and left, and he his thing for killing is not like Reddington where it's oh, let's help put the bad guys away. His thing is, is I'm going to kill for the person I love, which makes you love him even more. Mm-hmm. But he's so misguided. He doesn't know who the hell he loves. You know, he loves one person Monday and he loves another person Wednesday. <laughs> um, but my ultimate person and my ultimate bad guy and ultimate serial killer probably isn't even really considered a serial killer. And I saw him on no serial killer list on the internet, mm-hmm. and that is Damon Salvatore from Vampire Diaries. Um, and he's played by uh, Ian Summerhalder, who also plays in V-Wars. If you haven't seen V-Wars, it's pretty dang good. Um, and, you know, I really, really fought with myself because it was between Damon the Hot, Darkhead, and Eric Northman. From True Blood, so right. I got four people on my number one. I couldn't figure out who to put, but I think I put Damon as my number one of all time. Nice. Um, just because I've watched him for so long, and I've been an Ian fan, um, and I've met Ian, and is he's just a cool guy all around. Yeah. And I think he's underrated as an actor, and I think I would love to see him in another series, and I have yet to see him in anything. Nice. My number one was easy. Like, I had my number one before I had the rest of the list. Um, Don't say the Joker or I'll get mad at you. No, 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 no. That's unoriginal. Um, Yeah. My favorite TV series of all time, uh, he is the main villain. Uh, He actually was only supposed to be in two episodes. Uh, But he was so damn good that they kept him for the entire series. And basically almost built the series around him as much as the main star. Um, my number one is Boyd Crowder from Justified. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, like, Boyd was one of them characters. Like Justified, you like uh, Preacher. Have you seen Preacher? I, you know, I just could not get into Preacher. I just, I wanted to like it. I really, really did. I just, I don't know. There's just. Well, Justified's like that. It's like a cup of tea that not everybody's going to be into. Yeah. Justified to me, I love Raylan. Don't get me wrong. Raylan is, if I was ever a cop, I would be Raylan. Okay? Like, just, I don't give a shit. I'm going to shoot you before I, you know, before you can shoot me. But Boyd. Between his swagger, between his I don't give a shit attitude, his lines that he would deliver, you know, like he would come up with the craziest lines. Um, Well, the swagger is also the guy Rip and John, both, Kevin Costner and him both. Yeah. Um, The one part, the one scene with Boyd. That always, always stood out to me above every other one is, I don't remember the bad guy, but he comes in and Boyd is sitting at, they're at the bar and he's sitting at the bar eating a cheeseburger and the guy interrupts Boyd and he's going on and Boyd is like, I've been accused of being a lot of goddamn things in my life, but inarticulate is not one of them. So can we cut to the fucking chase? Because my cheeseburger is getting cold, and I really hate a cold cheeseburger. You know? And he says it with such decisiveness in his voice that, you know, you know Boyd is just, you know. It, Wharton Goggins 
is one of those characters, like you said, I look on IMDb for his stuff because he, everything he plays, he's so damn good at. Uh, his character in The Hateful Eight. Um, uh, the, 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 the unicorn TV series where he's actually playing the good guy, the, you know, the dad that his kids are trying to set up on dates and all that after the death of his wife. Um, just everything Walton plays in, he's so damn good. The righteous gemstones. Um, I've never seen this guy play a bad character, but Boyd is the epitome to me. Like, it's just the all around most badass character. You know, he kills people. He's deceptive and deceitful, underhanded and sneaky as all get out. You can never turn your back on him. But at the same time, you know, he saved Raylan's life on multiple occasions because of their childhood friendship and working in the mines together. And, um, you know, the, the scene in the hotel where he gives the dude the cigarette or he gives him the cigarette pack and blows up blows up everyone in a hotel room and just kind of sits there for a minute with blood all over him, you know. Um, Boyd is just a badass to me. Like, <laughs> I love Boyd Crowder. And Boyd has always been, to me, the ultimate bad guy for so many reasons. Um, so, yeah, my number one is Boyd Crowder, uh, Justified. I've watched the series half a dozen times. I'm getting ready to go back and watch it again. Um have you ever watched um, Spartacus? I have. Oh. I have. Yeah, I was going to say Lucretia is a good character too. Yeah, and she came. She came up. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's really a lot of other ones that you could put on the list, but like I said, yeah, top ten is just hard. Yeah, it, and that's a, and that's why I have top ten because I want it to be a little bit of a challenge. If you did a top twenty. Or, or anything like that. It's not the time so much that it would take as it would just, it would, it wouldn't be as challenged as much. Um, you know, I did, uh, yesterday I did an episode. Uh, it's going to be the uh, top 10 TV themes of all time. And that was hard because there's a lot of great TV themes. And to narrow it down to 10. What did you say? Ten TV? What? The top ten TV themes, TV theme songs. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know, because you got, you know, you got the Partridge Family, you got the Monkeys, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, um, Rockford Files, Hill Street Blues. Um, I mean, just there's, there's, there's hundreds of great TV themes from over the years. I do the ones that were most memorable. Probably the ones that anybody hears and they know, like Golden Girls. Well, right, and and, and exactly, and and that's one of them that made my list. And that's one of them that made my list. Um, but that's what I'm talking about: is those TV themes that are instantly recognizable, no longer, no matter how long it's been. Um, you know, different strokes. Uh, Moving on up by the Jeffersons, all in the family. You know, I don't care how old you are when you hear "Moving on Up." You know, you ju- you know that song. Whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're 25 or 60, you know the Jefferson's team. Yeah, I put one on there that nobody would really know unless they were back then, because I don't think nobody watches it now, is Welcome Back, Cotter. I actually had that at number six on my list. <laughs> oh, see, there's just a lot of shows that young people now don't yeah. watch. Yeah. We don't have regular cable TV, so you're not watching Nick at Night all the time. Yeah. Number three on my list for that, um, not to give away the episode because it isn't posted yet, uh, but it was so influential to me because of what my dad does and all that, um, was the theme for BJ and the Bear. Oh, okay. Because, you know, being the son of a truck driver and all of that. You know, I even contemplated putting cartoon characters on this show, on this list that we're doing. Well... Like Skeletor from He Man. Yeah, and, and it's, everything's on the table. So, um, so yeah. To uh, recap, basically, <laughs> uh, top ten uh, for her: Hannibal Lecter at number ten, The Governor at number nine, Tony Soprano at number eight, 
Uh, Q from Star Trek Next Generation at number seven. Uh, Klaus uh, from Vampire Diaries and the originals and um, well, all of those series. <laughs> um, Francis Underwood's at number five from House of Cards. Uh, number four, uh, Thomas Shelby uh, from Peaky Blinders. Uh, Joe Carroll, the following at number three. Uh, Dexter Morgan from Dexter at number two. And Damon uh, from The Vampire Diaries, I think, is what we settled on as your ultimate number one. Yes, Damon Salvatore. Yes, so, uh, and you heard my list, so. <laughs> um, thank you for coming on and doing this. I mean, this is, I love doing this show just for this reason. You get to be very I random. Like and It made me do a lot of research, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, that's what it's all about. Like, I do a bunch of research for these. People think that, you know, people think I, this is like a, a joke sometimes, Um and no, it I is, but yeah, it is. But there's research that goes into it. Like I, I know when I, I mean, did. I had my original type of idea, but at the same time, I was like, uh, "Who can I find that's better than this one?" And I was like, "What TV shows have I not seen in a while?" And I'm like, "Okay, yeah. let's just go look at '60s TV shows, '70s TV shows, yeah, '80s TV shows." Because I even thought about putting, um, who's that vampire that was from the old vampire series on TV? Dark Shadows. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah. about putting him on there. And then I thought, eh, back then there wasn't a lot of violence and stuff on TV. They were just kind of, he's kind of bad. And I was like, no, I've got more to put on that were now. Because our yeah. TV's just gotten worse, you know. Well, yeah. worse, better. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Again, you you never know. Because I know uh, another episode we did, that the one I mentioned at the beginning... Uh, the uh, slasher and horror films. A lot of my top ten were the older slasher films because modern horror movies to me are kind of they're dumb. Like I hate point of view and I, I hate the lost footage ones. Um, I just watched a good horror flick that isn't really a slasher show, but there's lots of gruesome gore in it. Thirteen Ghosts. I watched. I watched it with a friend that hadn't seen it before. And I was like, I cannot believe you're a horror fan and you've not seen 13 Ghosts. Well, Who can be a horror fan and not see 13 Ghosts? It's as good as Hellraiser. Well, but I'm saying, like, I like the older stuff. Okay, I'm... Whether it's nostalgia or whatever, I like the... I like the ones like Phantasm. I like the ones like... Uh, the the 80s, pieces. Uh, I Spit on Your Grave. Um... You know, I love a good, cheesy, campy horror flick or um, a Christmas staple around here that most people nowadays wouldn't know about, uh, but I'm sure you've watched it at least once growing up over the years, uh, is the Christmas flick Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, You know, those are my kind of horror and slasher films. Like I love, it doesn't have to be good. I just like a cheesy, campy flick that you know it's but you know what my ultimate would probably be would probably be Chucky because I have an extreme phobia of ugly looking dolls my mom used to collect dolls and and then when we watched all those you know Puppet Master and all these movies yes. in the 80s where dolls would come to life everybody will ask me oh what's are you afraid of spiders are you afraid of you know <laughs> One of mine that was on my list, uh, you know, all the great vampires that have been portrayed over the years. And there's been a lot of them. them, Right. To me, the one vampire who stands above and beyond, nothing else is even close, is the original Salem's Lot. Barlow from Salem's Lot. Barlow was just the nastiest vampire 
it scared the shit out of me as a kid so bad. I would not go out in the dark. I refuse. If it, <laughs> when the sun went down, my ass was in the house. I had the curtains drawn. No, like dad, dad come home one night from driving. He's like, Hey, go out to the shed and get me my hammer. Nope. Why? Vampires. Vampires aren't real. Can you prove it? What do you mean? Can I prove it? Can you show me scientific research that vampires aren't real? Well, no, (laughs) go get your own hammer. I'm not going out in the dark because I was so fucking freaked out from watching Salem's lot that it, and to this day, I've seen most of the major vampire movies, you know, the lost boys and John Carpenter's vampire would be is Spike. It's from so freaking hilarious. Well, and again, I don't know, him and Damon and Eric would be up at the top, but probably I like Spike. He's gonna be on my top five. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. There's been a lot of great portrayals of vampires, whether they were sparkly or they were evil or this or that, but none of them to me, <laughs> you know, none of them stand up to Barlow. Like Barlow was just, he wasn't. Well, just you scary. Watch, have you seen the new TV miniseries, Dracula? I, you know, I don't know. I think I started watching it and then I got sidetracked or something. Um, anywho, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, this is another episode of the Ish List. Uh, I try to not get these overly long, uh, but with that said... I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you would like to be a guest on here and do your own list or do one of my lists, uh, as always, riot on the set media at gmail.com. And uh, you're also welcome to send all hate mail there because um, it can go right into the same file that all the hate mail about Eminem, uh, all your stupid comments about how I hate Eminem. Um, so, yeah, it go in the same place. So. I did not know you hated Eminem. Anywho, (laughs) this is the ish list, and we're gonna get out of here.